1: It is 6.08 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. Where else would I be? Where else would you be on a Saturday morning? Rather than right here on News Talk WSB. We're here to ask ask you questions. No, we're here for you to ask me questions about anything that puzzles you, that bothers you, that flummoxes you, anything that makes you unhappy, or frankly, anything that makes you happy in your garden or in your landscape. If you have a question, about what you should be doing what you should not be doing how you should be doing it when you should be doing it if you want to argue with me that's great too. I love a good argument and it won't be a you know will be a violent or an angry argument we'll just exchange views on what things should be and what things should not be and how they should be done if you have any of those topics on your mind give me a call 404-872-0750 so today, I want to confess that I am running against the tide, running against the tide of a lot of horticulturists and landscapers and native plant people too, because I want to talk about the plant a tree that I love that others consider a weed. I love mimosa. Right now, right now, in early June, mimosa trees are blooming all over Atlanta, and they are gorgeous. I love the pink flowers. I love the smell. I love the form. I love the leaves. I just love that there's something blooming right now that is so pretty as a mimosa tree. Now, some people say, well, it sprouts in places we don't like it. It has little seedlings that come up in my garden. It has little seedlings that I have to pull all the time. I don't like that. Well, big deal. It's not a big big job to pull the little seedlings. They're easy to spot. And when you see them, you just pull them out of the ground. You just... Weed them. That's what we do with weeds. You pull them out of the ground. But the benefit of having a mimosa tree is the beauty in June when very few other trees or other anythings are blooming that, that big, that high, that spectacularly. I'm trying to think, is there any other tree? Yeah, there is another tree. Golden rain tree is blooming right now. And I'll tell you where I see both of them. That I think both of them really, really look nice is coming into Avondale Estates on Clarendon, I guess that is. If you come into Avondale Estates on Clarendon, there's a bridge that goes over the martyr tracks. And I was going down that yesterday and saw the mimosa trees and thought, wow, those are pretty. And then I saw the golden rain tree right there by the tracks. I thought, wow, those are pretty. If you don't recognize golden rain tree, which you might not, it's not that common a tree. It's not like an oak or a hickory or pine tree or something like that. But a golden rain tree right now has yellow, spiky flowers, yellow spikes all over the tree. And they're not uncommon in, what would you say, municipal plantings along the highway sometimes. I've seen them along the highway down in Clayton County. They were planted down there along I-75. And I see them sometimes in um, uh, parking lots, places like that, that have been planted by commercial-type companies. But golden rain tree has an interesting... After effects, because the after these yellow spikes on the golden rain tree have faded away, they make little balloon-shaped seed pods. They're literally about ooh, the size of a ping-pong ball. There are two species of golden rain tree, one of which makes brown pods, and the other one, which I love, is called bougainvillea golden rain tree. It's the same yellow flower, so the same thing right now. But when the seed pods form, they're pink. Oh, I saw it. Greatest thing in the world. You see all these pink little pods dropping down out of the tree and then blowing along the gutter in late uh, late June, early July, somewhere in there. There used to be, oh, five or ten, I guess, planted around Decatur. I'd see them when I'm walking around Decatur in a little random spots behind a store, somewhere in, in a, again, a municipal commercial-type parking lot. But these pink pods underneath the yellow-spiked golden rain tree I think are just gorgeous. The bougainvillea golden rain tree. And the flowers, the fluffy flowers of the mimosa tree, I think is great. I posted this yesterday on Facebook and said to, something to the effect that a lot of people disdain them. But I like mimosas a lot because of the of the pink flowers. And I got probably 40, 50, 60 comments with just bing, 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 bing. People say, I like them too. I like them too. So you're not in rare company if you like mimosa's like i like mimosa's there are a lot of other people who like mimosa tree too trees too and if you do love them because after all what is a weed what is a flower a weed is a plant that makes you unhappy a flower is a plant that makes you happy and in my case mimosa's make me happy 4048720750 is our number the first caller in the morning, Nicole in Griffin, Georgia. Hi, Nicole. Mr. Reeves.
2: Mr. Nicole. good morning. How are you? Fine, fine. Um, if you like mimosa tree, yeah. you need a big farm.
1: <laughs> Why?
2: Because they grow so big.
1: Well, they do grow big. Kids like to climb them. That's one of the reasons that I think other people like them is the memories of climbing up a mimosa tree.
2: What about a berry tree?
1: They're okay to climb, but they're another tree that... Some people say they're sort of a weed, and they're not really. They got those seeds, and you can make the seeds into ammunition and throw them at your sisters and brothers, and you know the things that you can use the use chinaberry tree for ammunition.
2: Ah, uh, put it in the neighbor's yard.
1: Well, yeah, I guess you could. We had a chinaberry tree behind the house and when I grew up, and that was all ammunition as far as what three boys were concerned. We just harvested those seeds and threw them against each other whenever we saw the seeds coming out of China berry tree bang bang boom boom bang look out
2: it's a good uh, nest for birds and they love the the berry
1: the, oh you know one more thing about the mimosa tree that i know other people have said they don't like about it at all is there is a caterpillar a mimosa caterpillar that ties the leaves and makes these real ugly little sort of bundles of leaves hanging in the tree I'll grant that's ugly. <laughs> that's the one thing that I don't like about mimosas when they get that uh, leaf tying caterpillar that just ties everything together and makes a big nest. And, that's ugly. Other than that, I like it.
2: Mimo- uh, the shape, that's what uh, I know on China Bear Tree, the shape yeah. is like, oh, it is so pretty. yeah, yeah.
1: And the China, a lot of people don't recognize the flowers of a China berry tree. I was in um, Oakland Cemetery back in what was it, mid-Ap- mid to late April, I guess it was. We had the tree walk there, and they had a China berry tree blooming on one of the uh, grave plots. And I pointed it out to the folks who were with me. I said, "Do you know what this is?" And no one knew what the flower was until I said, "This makes good ammunition when it makes a seed pods." And then everybody said, "Oh yeah, China berry tree." Didn't know the flowers looked like that.
2: So, uh, they are really good looking this year because of the water from last well, year? I
1: guess, I guess. It's something about the environment that just caused mimosas to be awesome looking trees.
2: I know the roots are not very uh, deep. Yeah. That's probably why the water. But anyway, uh, daylily? Oh. Oh,
1: no. oh, yeah. What about daylilies? That's a good plant. It's blooming right now, of course.
2: Oh, big time, big time. And. Um, I have this lily that is not a uh, dear lily. It's it, uh, big white and it smells so good. Yeah. And on top is probably 10 or 15 of them. I wow. make a big cluster. Yeah, it smells good. But yeah. I was thinking, Ms. O'Reeve, did you ever see them in in a while? No, because I don't think so. what I have now is like 50 cents strong and it's probably eight feet high. And Whoa, I was thinking, wow. God almighty, it's got to be. big old. Lily. Yes. In the jungle, it must be uh... a.
1: <laughs> must be either big or a little tiny thing in the jungle. I don't know which it is. It, one of the things I remember about the Stargazer lily, Nicole, Stargazer is a big, tall stalk lily, has five or six flowers on it at the same time. And I remember on television once that I was talking to my audience saying, Oh, and the flower smells so good. And I put my nose in there and smelled it. Like, oh, it just smells great. And did not realize that my nose had touched the stamen inside and got pollen oh, yeah. <laughs> all over it. So I had this big yellow nose on TV that I did not realize that I had. And a lot of people commented on my yellow nose after that when they saw the section on TV.
2: So a stargazer is, is a kind. They have a lot yeah. of time, isn't
1: it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch. Of, in fact, I know very little about the different kinds of lilies. I can recognize Asiatic lilies. I can recognize Easter lilies, of course. I could recognize stargazer lilies, but there are others. There are various um, uh, orient pets, which are just a, a type of lily that I have no idea what it is. A cap lily, I sort of know what a turks cap lily is, but there are bunches and bunches of different kinds of lilies besides just day lily.
2: What about the one that grow those little seed pod outside this time of year? Uh, yeah. You take the seed pod and put them in the ground and make. I think more? that's
1: neat. Yeah, that's you're right. They're the little bulbs they're called B-U-L-B-I-L. If you look in the in the, uh, along the stem of these particular lilies, there'll be a little brown, just like you said, a little brown thing. It's not a seed. It is a small miniature bulb, and it grows between the stem and the leaf. And sometimes it'll be 15, 20, 30 along a stem. And you pick them off and put them in the ground. they become a new lily just like that. But they're not the seed. They're a bulbil.
2: So they multiply, uh, too. You have to have a, uh, a big seed. There's three ways.
1: They, have, they multiply by roots. Most lilies can be multiplied by their roots. They multiply by seeds from the flowers. And they multiply by bulbils, too.
2: Because they was so dry this year, uh, they look better, I think. Maybe so.
1: I think the different, like we said on the mimosa, different environments favor different plants. Different plants respond to the environment differently. Anyway, we know in God's green world, there's always something to look at, something to enjoy. And I enjoy talking to you, but we got to go, but it's great talking to you, Nicole.
2: Enjoy your day.
1: Enjoy your day as well. We will see you soon. 404-872-0750. We'll be back after this.
0: This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need.
3: Just got...
0: Lock the front door, oh boy. Got to sit down, take a rest on the porch.
1: Imagination sets in.
0: Pretty soon I'm singing. Doo, 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 doo. looking out my
1: back door. Well, if you look out your back door today, there's going to be some rain. There'll be times there's uh, no rain as well. Heavy sometimes, sometimes, sometimes some light during the day. Redhead says the high today 72, low overnight around the mid to low 70s. Tomorrow, pretty much the same. Rain during the day, tapering off in the evening. High around uh, 81 or 82 and low of 69. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Chuck is in Sandy Springs and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Chuck, good morning.
3: Good morning. I've got a, an oak tree uh, that's pretty good size that... Uh, that- contractor came in to put a new sewer line in and came pretty close to it, within about 12 feet, 15 feet from it, and ran all the way down the side, and now the leaves are uh, really beginning to look bad on this thing. Um, And of course, on the other side of the tree, about 15 or 20 feet, is, um, is a street. So I don't have a lot of, uh-huh. of area for roots. yeah. And I'm trying to figure out what to do, what can I put in there, other than just water it and make sure that there's water on it. Is in nutrients or have a arborist or somebody take a look at this thing? It's good. Yeah. It would be $1,000 to take this thing out. Yeah, so. I think
1: eventually the answer is arborist. But before that, Chuck, I want to talk to other listeners in our audience to say, when you have a plumber... Don't let them come on your property With a trenching machine There are other ways to get pipes yeah. Through, under, around trees That don't involve trenching And cutting those roots off
3: God, terrible, oh, terrible Yeah,
1: and and when you start working With roots on a tree That are bigger than your wrist And lots of them And it's pretty close to the tree Big trees have you know feeder roots That go out 20, 30, 40 feet But if you cut the feeder root 10 or 12 feet away from the trunk It sounds like yours was done then all those feeder roots out beyond, they're dead. They have no way to yep. bring in the water, the nutrients. and It's been dry for two weeks. Of course, the tree didn't like that. That was for sure. Oak trees do not like drought. So getting down to what we really need to do, if you um, want to hire an arborist to come give you a an opinion on what should be done, the certified ISA, certified arborists are easy to find. The website is GeorgiaArborist.org. Georgia. I can never get the S's in there. Georgia and you'll see a number of companies that have certified arborists on staff. They'll put the number right there. ISA certification one two nine eight six three, and they'll uh, send somebody out who can tell you what to do with the tree.
3: Okay. What's the gr- group again? What's the name of it?
1: Georgia
3: Okay, Georgia
1: Arborist. And this is the Georgia Arborist Society, and most, a lot of um, tree companies, various tree harvesting, tree takedown companies are members, of course, but they, almost all of them, have a certified arborist tree hugger, person who doesn't want to take down a tree unless it's absolutely necessary, so an ISA certified arborist is somebody you can really trust to tell you what needs to be done to your tree, which I hope does not include taking it down. Coming up in the next half hour, we got Ron in Murrayville. We've got lots of weeds, little grass. He was a little help with that. Erica Gainesville has a lot of poplar trees. The leaves are turning brown right now. Bonnie in Buford has a soil mix to do minor grading around her house. John Indicator has a canvas, but doggone are not even flowering. It's 628, we'll be back after the news. It's the
0: Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK.
1: And now, here's Walter. It's 6.37 on a Saturday morning, 69.5 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in whatever you want to do in your garden. Bonnie in Buford wants to do some grading around her house and needs a little advice. Hey, Bonnie, good morning.
2: Good morning, Walter. Hi. Good to talk to you. What's going on? Well, listen, my property is about 20 years old, and like a lot of folks, our properties have settled in spots. And all I've done is I've attempted to do some minor grade remediation, very minor, uh, to a 2% slope, using line levels and stuff like that. But what kind of soil mix do I need for something like this? Because I don't want the soil to wash away, and yet it needs to drain well. And I don't really – it's different than, like –
1: you know, landscaping for your lawn and plants and stuff. What should well, I go, go a, a, Well, I call them landscaper yards. Um, the places that have bulk materials and they can mix up a soil mixture for you to your specifications if you like, or they have standard mixes. They say, well, we'll put one scoop of uh, topsoil, one scoop of a little bit of clay, one scoop of a uh, gritty sand, one scoop of uh, worm castings, and mix them all up together on the concrete pad. Put them into a truck Or put them into your truck If you don't have much uh, soil needed And they take it out to your house Dump it out And you spend most of a weekend Trying to level out <laughs> your yard
2: <laughs> So so you're saying then The idea is yeah, There needs to be a little bit of clay and sand and yeah. And what kind of a
1: I think these, right. land, these landscaper yards just call it their landscape mix or their topsoil mix, topping mix, or something like that. One of the things, though, Bonnie, I want to point out is that if you put a layer less than six inches of this new soil on top of hard clay soil, you're going to have problems because the thinness of the six-inch layer, or less than six-inch layer, the roots of plants there will not want to penetrate down through the clay underneath. And you'll always have drought problems with those plants growing in that thin, less than six inches of soil layer. So if, you, if you've got the equipment, got some heavy-duty people out there with a the tiller to go out and till and mix the new soil with the existing soil, you'll be a lot better off in the, in the future. Anything you plant there, even grass or shrubs or trees, they're all going to appreciate having a rooting system that's deeper than six inches.
2: Wow. Okay. Well, that's good to know. This is helpful.
1: Yeah. And call again, landscape yard, go to, you know, go on Google and say landscape materials bulk or something like that. You'll find some people real close to you. And they'll be happy to work with you. Go out and visit them. And I found all the landscape yards I've ever been to have been really, really helpful, even for beginners. And I consider myself a beginner, I don't order things in bulk a lot. And mm-hmm. so they would tell you how to calculate how many Cubic yards, I need and you know, schedule the delivery at the right time. Give you some hints on where to put the pile so that I didn't have to do too much yeah. work spreading it out and all that. So they were ni- nice people.
2: Well, thanks a lot. I think I've got a little bit too much filter clay in here, actually. So I think I need to remediate my right, mix. Get right, some in there. Okay, yeah. good.
1: Thank have you. Fun. Have fun with it, Bonnie. We'll see you soon. Okay. Thanks for calling. We've got John, indicator with his cannas, and cannas aren't sitting very well. John, hey, good morning. Good morning. Hey. What's going on
3: with your canas, John? Well, first I want to say I'm a a pro-mimosa guy. uh, (laughs) Good for you. I put my vote that way. Yeah. Um, But we have these canas that we've had in for about two years, and uh, they won't flower. And I call them the banana trees because they are so (laughs) tall. They're like five feet tall. Wow. And uh, they will not flower no matter what. And I'm wondering if there's anything we could do.
1: How much sun or shade do they get? Tell me some environment details.
3: Well it's uh, I'd say it's partial sun. Um, but um, like we have canas in our front yard that, yeah. that are that do flower and they don't the plants don't get as big. I mean they're they're smaller. Right. Um, so I don't know, you think it's a sun issue maybe? Not
1: I mean partial sun is fine. If it was in deep shade, sure. If you're going underneath you know, hardwood trees or underneath a magnolia or some crazy thing like that, yeah, that would inhibit flowering. But Partial, say, if we get some sunshine during the day. I think a canna could send up a flower here and there and make you happy. Um, uh-huh. What else would cause a canna not to bloom? No, no soggy soil, not standing in water all the time, even though
3: they can stand no, no. in soggy soil. And they spread like like on <laughs> <Yeah>, the leaves, <roots>, unbelievably. <laughs> yeah,
1: they do. Yeah. You know, what color is the are the leaves, John?
3: they're they're green they're, they're um green. you know a uh rich green then you know of course it's the the, the bulbs are those reddish color yeah. b- bulbs that are you know, very prolific
1: you know john i think you may just have to accept that the foliage <laughs> the foliage of the yeah. canna is going to be the in, the enjoyable part of the plant that's the true with lots of shrubs boxwoods and many of the other evergreen shrubs we have in our landscape we enjoy the foliage not so much the flowers and Maybe your yep. cannas are going to be your foliage uh, plant rather than your flowering plant until they decide to flower. They should flower. I would am surprised they're not flowering now, but they should mm-hmm. flower. They will want to flower. Cannas are not a, a shy plant about flowering. I'm not sure why yours are inhibited, but they're they are. So enjoy what you got. Can't do anything about okay. anything better than what you have. You have enough sunshine. You have the right amount of water. I'm sure uh, they're tough plants. They take a wide variety of environments and still bloom. So I think we'd just hold off and be patient.
3: Maybe one day a banana will show up.
1: <laughs> one day, maybe, John. Don't, don't hold your breath okay. on that one. All right, well, thank you. All right, John, we'll see you soon. 404 get you in to take John's place. we got Eric up in Gainesville. Hey, Eric, good morning.
3: Good morning, Walter. sure enjoy your show. Oh, thank you, Eric. So I have a backyard with several poplars, which I love, oh, yeah. and last year one of them went into fall early and all the leaves turned brown and dropped off in june and i thought the thing was dying and so i was so happy this spring when it came back and looked beautiful again and then i i guess two days ago i was on the back porch and i looked up and the leaves are turning brown again
1: it's like fall in your backyard um
3: yeah just that one tree though the rest of them look great so is this going to spread or is there something i can do to I mean, otherwise, the tree looks
1: healthy. Yeah, I think it's more the nature of the tree than anything else. Poplars are the early warning system, the canary in the coal mine. They are the tree that is first to turn brown, the leaves to turn brown and fall. Just like you saw last year on this tree, there were other people all over Atlanta saying, man, my poplar tree, middle of July, just leaves everywhere coming out of the tree. Huh. So this one may have a slightly poorer poorly established root system. The roots may not be quite as able as the others to bring up moisture, and so this one is thinking, oh man, there's a drought in Gainesville right now, I better lose my leaves so I don't lose so much water. And right. so it's adapting to the drought by losing leaves, which is what poplars do, and the others have better root systems, and they're saying, oh, everything's fine until they get dry. When they dry, they'll start dropping leaves, too.
3: Mm-hmm. So I don't need to worry about removing this from the so. it kills the others.
1: Uh, no, 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 it's not a disease. I'm pretty positive. It's not a disease, it's simply the reaction of the tree to their own environment, to the water environment, and I think that there's just different root systems on the different trees. gives you different results.
3: Well, next year I'm going to put some soaker hoses in a ring, uh, right. and some concentric circles, and yep. see what I get. Sure,
1: not a bad idea. It was it was dry for a couple of weeks here in Atlanta. I guess it was about the same in Gainesville. So. Once you see it really not raining for three or four days, that would be when I would start irrigating with the with the drip 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 system that you have with the hoses. Okay. All right. Thanks, Walter. You bet, Eric. Thanks for calling. Right. Yep. Who's next in here? We got Bruce in the day as well. Hey Bruce, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden.
0: Hey, good morning, Walter. Yes, um sir. I got a question. Uh along my fence line, uh I got a uh, it's not popular. It's uh Priven. Priven. Yeah. And it's, I, I got some pine trees that are trying to grow up in there and some other trees. Yeah. And I cut everything away from the the good trees that are trying to grow. Okay. And I mean, th- this stuff just comes back as fast as a wildfire, you know? Yeah. Is there, what can I do besides trying to rip everything out by the roots to try and kill this without tainting the ground, the soil?
1: My brother has been working on this for about yeah, two or three months now. He had a big patch of privet behind his house, and he wanted to get rid of it. And he said his best success has come from getting um, a clipper, a big, heavy-duty, long-handled lopper, basically. And as long as the trunks were not too big, when they an inch, a little bit more maybe than an inch in diameter, he could clip it with the clipper right close to the ground. And then he would pour right onto the freshly cut stump some Roundup brush killer. Roundup brush killer has a combination of glyphosate and triclopyr. Brush killer is usually triclopyr and Roundup is Roundup. But the two of them combined are really heavy duty re sprouting inhibitors, which means that once you spray it on that stump, it's dead. You're not going to have it come up anymore. And so you just go back there and clip and spray or clip and pour or clip and pour until everything is dead it doesn't contaminate the soil other things can grow up around it you're just killing individual plants by the clip and pour method
0: okay i'm writing this down all right yeah because like like i said it's just it's just fighting a losing battle at this point
1: robert as i say has been working on this for three months now bruce (laughs) (laughs) if you think you're gonna do it in one week no uh, oh yeah, you, no, no it's, This is
0: this is every year. It's been an ongoing thing. So I've been working on it for years.
1: Well, uh, to be truthful, my dad and I and my brother Robert on the farm when we were kids we were fighting against privet for oh fifteen twenty years, and it's still there. It's still the same farm. Other people own it now, but it's their privet that we used to try to control ourselves. We had a horrible time with it. Keep working at it. Keep working at it. You'll eventually get the upper hand. All righty. All right. Thanks for calling, Bruce. Thank you. And the product that I mentioned just now, the combination of glyphosate and triclopyr, one brand name that you can find pretty easily is called Roundup Plus Brush Killer. And I I guess there are others as well, but the combination of glyphosate and triclopyr is what you're looking for. It keeps things from respiring like like a champion. It's 647, almost 648. We'll be back after this.
0: This is Scott Slade from Atlantis Morning News on WSB. Our 24-hour news center delivers updates all weekend. Depend on it. We'll be here Monday morning, 430 till 9, for breaking news and traffic and weather every six minutes. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves.
1: Quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, rain rained some parts of the day and some not parts of the day. High of 82, Overnight around 70, 71 or 2. Tomorrow, high of, six, of 78, low of 69 overnight. Again, rain tomorrow. Your full weekend forecast comes within 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Philip is in Locust Grove and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Philip. good morning. Hey, Walter. Hey. How you doing? Doing hey, great. How can I help?
0: Well, um. My uh, my wife and I, we bought and moved into the house that she grew up in.
3: Wow! And
0: in the front yard, they
3: had planted they had planted a
0: tree that uh, by the time we moved into it, it died. But they planted the tree for their for her dad, who passed away about ten years ago. Okay. Um, and the tree fell over, and uh, and you know, I cleaned it up. There's a little stump left. I've been mowing around it for a while, and there's started to be shoots um mm-hmm. growing back up from the ground. Yeah. My neighbor was telling me, oh, it's a weed, you know, just mow over it. But uh, I come to figure out, it's uh, pretty sure it's a cerezo cherry tree that they had planted there. Huh. And I'm wondering what I should do with it, if I can get it to kind of grow back into a tree shape or or what I ought to do with it.
1: Yeah, you might can. Yeah. if it is If there are lots of trees that sprout from root sprouts once the main trunk has been cut down, Crape myrtles are famous for sprouting twenty or thirty feet away from the main one that gets cut down, there'll be little sprouts all through the lawn, all through your shrubbery and things like that. Bradford pears do it, uh, cherry trees certainly do it. And so if one of these is in a place that you want to just keep it there and let it grow, doesn't okay. hurt anything to let it grow. Mow around it and let it grow for a while and see what you see what it is. I mean, right. you certainly want to identify it first. Is I don't want it to turn out to be some a Bradford pear. If it was a Bradford pear, no, we cut it down. We don't like Bradford pears. But if it were right. a nice
3: got, cherry tree, yeah, that it's be got great. the uh, it's got the the like the
0: football-shaped leaves, and it's got okay. very sharp, like sharply serrated, finely serrated edges around the leaves, that sounds like a and nice uh, little small white flowers early in spring.
1: Okay. Well, again, we'll find out what it is. And if you want to send them some blooms and leaves when it is blooming, that's the easiest way for me to identify it. If you wait till next spring, on my website, there's a part of my website where you say name that plant. And you just upload three pictures of whatever you got, and we'll take a look at it and see if we can know exactly what it is. And again, I want to start you off in the right direction, a tree that you want, that will give you a long, healthy life. And uh, then you may just keep it and keep mowing down the other little sprouts, and then you'll have another tree there. And hopefully the same one that was planted in honor of your father-in-law and one that you can nurture and be pretty much close to the same one that was planted.
3: Absolutely. Thank you, Walter.
1: You bet. Thanks for calling, Philip. 404 is the number on Lawn and Garden. Don't forget, tomorrow is Sunday. And what is Sunday? It's the day the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Sunday edition comes out. The day that I enjoy sitting in my swinging, swing on my front porch and reading the paper. That's what I do on Sunday, read the paper. And the advantage of the newspaper, besides the fact that it's incredible, com- compelling, complete with the news coverage, and you have great columnists, Bill Torpy and Jim Galloway and the rest of them, is you can use the plastic bag to help pull up poison ivy, which I have done that a couple of times this year already, pulling poison ivy just by putting my hand into the plastic bag, the newspaper, pull it right out, If you subscribe to the newspaper on Thursdays, you get the Lawn and Garden guy talking about gardening. I have a question and answer column every Thursday in the living section. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution is my source of news during the week. I'm a full seven-day subscriber. I hope you'll join me. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution, credible, compelling, and complete. It's 657. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news.